0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what is the biggest area of improvement for the Falcons this offseason? Two questions that I have for Tony and the Road Warriors. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit slash locked on today to get started. We ask you to subscribe excuse me, or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast, You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So what do I think is the biggest area that the Falcons have improved in, right? And, and I think that they have made improvements all across the board. I think they're obviously better at their skill positions. I think that they're better should be better on their offensive line. I still have some questions about left guard, but obviously bringing back McGarry, (coughs) adding Matthew Bergeron. I think that that was good pieces to obviously bring back and add to. Um, Defensive line, certainly no doubt about it. You think that they're going to be better in the pass rush. So that's a good thing, right? I mean, we've talked a lot about that. But if I had to pick one position that I think the Falcons have improved at the most, it's their secondary. Now, obviously losing Casey Hayward, that was a guy that I had wanted to keep around, even if the Falcons were going to draft cornerback at eight. And I and I understand why they moved on from Hayward. He's a little bit older. He was banged up last year. Um, you can save $5 million, <coughs> excuse me, on the cap. But um, certainly he's a guy that when you look at You know, maybe was getting, you know, to that point of his career that, you know, you don't know exactly how much he's gonna start or how much he can certainly be around. So when I look at the secondary for the Atlanta Falcons, I think this is the biggest area that they have improved in. So I look at Jeff Okuda, Mike Hughes, okay? I look at guys like that, but I also look at guys like Clark Phillips that they drafted. So when you talk about adding pieces, I think Mike Hughes could and and probably will be an upgrade over what Isaiah Oliver was. Okuda, if he can get some things figured out, could be a pretty sizable upgrade even over Casey Hayward. And look, you don't have a lot invested in some of these guys. So if Jeff Okuda doesn't work out (coughs) and the Falcons only have less than $4 million invested in Okuda, then again, if, if he doesn't work out, you, you move on from him. If he does, now you have a guy that is the number three pick formally in the draft in the 2020 season. Maybe he can be a player. But when I look at overall the depth of what this secondary is, obviously Jesse Bates, another guy that was their big money free agent guy to go along with Hawkins and Grant. So I think with the additions of Jesse Bates, Clark Phillips in the draft, Jeff Okuda, Mike Hughes, potentially your starting nickel corner. And then you look at some of the guys that are here already, right? Like, I I, I know that these guys are rotational guys, and, and they're not necessarily guys that you're going to rely on big things for, but Cornell Armstrong is a guy that comes to mind. Now, uh, the you know, the first time we saw Cornell Armstrong, <coughs> he was having to go out and guard Jamar Chase, right? And that did not go very well. Because of injuries and things to A.J. Terrell, Casey Hayward, we had to have Cornell Armstrong go out there and try to shut down Jamar Chase. But I will say that Cornell Armstrong did play better throughout the season. What Was was he great or anything like that? No, but I mean, he was a serviceable guy for the Atlanta Falcons. And when you look at some of the guys that are back end of the rotation guys, the D Alford's, the Cornell Armstrong's. I do think that those guys made some improvements throughout the year. So when I look at, you know, obviously another couple of guys, Hawkins and Grant, you hope that they're going to continue to grow and they're going to continue to be better. You know, I think Richie Grant was certainly better in his second year than his rookie year. He played a lot more. I think Jalen Hawkins is a guy who has grown every year in this system with the Falcons. So when I look at the combination of the pieces that they added, the pieces they drafted guys that are improving that they currently have, I think that the secondary for the Falcons overall has had the best improvement or the greatest improvement on this defensive, you know, uh scheme that kind of a rebuilt defense for the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm excited to see because if they can get to the quarterback, their secondary will be just that much better. And I'm not one of those people that believes that, well, if I have a really good secondary, that that improves my pass rush. Either you have guys that can get to the quarterback or you don't. And I don't believe that it's 1978 uh, again, where you run two guys out in a pattern and that's all you got to cover. And if you have two good really man corners, you can shut everybody down. Nowadays, you're running three, four, five guys all over the field, right? All kinds of different patterns. And if you give a quarterback enough time, any quarterback in the NFL can pick you apart. We've seen below average quarterbacks that have had success against our defense, not because they're great players or this, any other, but if you give a guy in the NFL the time to throw, if you give a guy in the NFL, they'll pick you apart. You can't cover everybody for an extended period of time. So, if we can get that pass rush going, if we can get the pass rush with our front, with the additions of Onyemata and obviously Arnold Katie stepping up this year, and you know Harrison that they drafted, just the combination of pieces that we have—if that can be better, then I think our secondary can be a really a really big strength for this team going forward. So, I like the additions that they've made to their secondary, whether it's drafting Clark Phillips, whether it's trading for Jeff Okuda, signing Jesse Bates, (coughs) signing Mike Hughes. You don't have a lot of risk involved in some of those guys, but I thought that they were all solid moves. So when I look at what is going to be the greatest area of improvement, or I think the thing that they have improved the most at on their defense, I will take their defensive backfield. I will take their secondary. And I think that they've done enough things to okay that what we were, I think we were the last in the NFL in pass defense last year. You know, if we can get if we can get guys home and we can sack the quarterback much more. I mean, obviously we can't sack the quarterback a whole lot worse, but if we can sack the quarterback better, <coughs> then <that, coughs> then excuse me, our secondary will be that much better. And I like the additions. I like the Akuta trade. You don't have a lot of high risk involved in it. But if these guys pay off at the end of the day, they could be something special. And I hope that their secondary has improved greatly because that was certainly one of the real weaknesses on our defense from last year. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, Built Bar, everybody's looking for healthier snacks, healthier alternatives. When you're looking in the snack game world, Right. So, you don't want all the high calorie, high sugar, low, you know, high carb types of snacks. Built Bar's got you covered. So, whether you go with traditional protein bars or whether you go with the protein infused marshmallow puffs, Built Bar has got you with all of your great flavors that you want, coming out with new flavors every single month. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but a whopping 17 grams of protein in each Built Bar. So, now, you have multiple options with how you can buy your Built Bars. So if you want to go online to Built.com and check out all their extensive flavors, the wide variety and selection that they have, you can go online, Built.com, and order your Built Bars and then wait for them to come. But if you're more impatient and you want to go to the store, then you can go to the pharmacy section of Walmart or you can head to Sam's Club. So Whether you want to go the brick-and-mortar route and pick your Built Bars up right away at Walmart and Sam's Club, or if you want to go online and have the ease and convenience of going to Built.com and shopping for your protein bars there, either way, you can get your hands on one of the best snacks that's out there. And obviously, low-calorie, low-sugar, low-carb, but high-protein, as everybody's trying to eat healthier for this year. Go to Built.com today or go to Walmart or Sam's Club now and pick up your box of Built Bars. so there are two questions that i have for tony wrestler okay and and it's it's not that complicated okay but here's the couple of things that i want to know from tony wrestler going into the off season okay so if i'm if i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna put the wonder woman lasso of truth around tony wrestler and i'm gonna sit down and ask him these two questions here's what i want to know, okay? Number one, are we going into the luxury tax this season? Now, I know what Tony Ressler has said in the past about the idea of, well, we'll go in the luxury tax when it makes sense and blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's all fine and dandy, okay? But that doesn't solve the immediacy of, are we going in the luxury tax now? Because, when you look at this roster, if you just take the core group of players <coughs> that the Hawks have, they're going into the luxury tax with DeAndre Hunter, Trey, Capella, Collins, everybody that is just the core group of the players without adding anybody to this roster, they're in the luxury tax. And I understand that, you know, we're collaborative, we're communicative, we're You know, all these buzzwords that we have as far as what our organization is and things like that, but I need to know, am I going in the luxury tax this year? My buddy, Brad Roland talked about this on my radio show last night. It's hard to get good and cheap, right? It's hard to get good and build a better roster without spending money and with, and with cutting payroll. That's a hard thing to do. <clears throat> and so if the Hawks are not willing to get into the luxury tax, then they're going to have to move on from a Collins or a Capella or a Hunter. They're going to have to move on from at least one of those pieces to get themselves under the luxury tax threshold. So that's the first question that I want to know. Tony Wrestler, are you going in the luxury tax? this year not when it's you know you know the right time not when it's you know makes sense and all the not when it's collaborative not when it's communicative are you going into luxury tax this year that's my first question then my second question to Tony Wrestler would be Tony where is Quinn Snyder in the pecking order Of decision making as far as how the roster is going to be constructed. Now, I I know that the Hawks mantra from Landry Fields and everybody you know in between, you know, the the, we've heard from you know Tony Wrestler and things like that. Oh well, you know, Quinn Snyder is just here to coach. Uh, Okay, all right. Can I tell you that I don't believe that bunk, bull, and malarkey for just a second? You know, like I don't believe in all that. Listen. <clears throat> the way you got Quinn Snyder to come off the beach, off a vacation, to come coach this team, three quarters of the season, okay, when 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 you basically just had a a handful of games that were left, what twenty one games that were left in the regular season and the playoffs, okay, the way you got him to come here and be a part of this organization was to promise him some kind of personnel decision, say you know whether it was you know. Again, I don't think it's going to be uh, president of basketball operations, but something to have an influence over this roster. Because that's the one thing that he did not get when he was in Utah. The one thing that, and I talked to the the play-by-play guy, I talked to the beat writers, the one thing that they said was that he did not have any real say in how the roster was going to be constructed. And that's something that Quinn Snyder wanted to have a hand in. Now, (coughs) excuse me, as far as what level of hand that he's going to have involved, I don't know. I mean, could I could I believe that he has final say over the roster when it's all said and done? I could believe that, okay? Do I believe that if it's Landry Fields, Kyle Corver, Nick Ressler, and then Quinn Snyder, that he is a little bit down on the pecking order? Um, You know, I could sort of believe that as well. But the idea that he's not going to have a definite influence on this roster, I'm not buying that for a second. So when I look at this, I and again, I don't care if Quinn Snyder has his stamp all over this roster. I don't care if Quinn Snyder is the guy who, yes, Landry Fields has the general manager title, and the president of basketball operations title. But if Quinn Snyder's pulling the strings behind the scene, I don't really care. Here's my thing. I just want it right, okay? Like, I don't want to know how to make the watch. I just want to know what time it is. I don't want the labor pains. I just want the baby. And that's all I want at the end of the day. I just want this thing fixed. I just want to know that this team is going to be better when all is said and done. And if they think they're going to be better because Quinn Snyder's pulling the strings, okay, fine. But this idea that they've sold on, well, you know, he's just here to coach and different, okay. He's not just here to coach. You don't pay a guy, you don't pay a guy who's had moderate success in the NBA, championship caliber coach money. And and look, he's he was making the same kind of money that, you know, Nick Nurse, Boone Holzer, Spolstra, you know, guys that have won championships, he was paid at that kind of level. <clears throat> and I don't think it was just a money grab. I, I certainly don't think that Quinn Snyder was desperate for the money or he needed the money. He didn't need to come off the beach of wherever he was at and come coach this ragtag bunch of players. So I definitely think that there is a going to be a strong influence. And we all heard about, you know, well, you know, the reason he's here now is because we want him to get into that eva- okay well if you don't want if you want him to evaluate the players but you're not going to give him any personnel decision what sense does that make he could have done that he could have done that coming into the summertime but i don't buy this whole notion that quinn Snyder's just here to coach as we've heard i don't bu- buy this thing that well he's just kind of a value. he's going to have a definite say in personnel he's definitely going to have a say in what goes on with this Atlanta Hawks roster, whether that's at the very top, whether that's somewhere in the middle, but he's going to have a definite influence as to how this roster is going to be constructed. So again, uh, the two questions I want for Tony Ressler, are we going in the luxury tax next year? Not when it's convenient, not when it makes sense. Are we going in the luxury tax next year? And then number two is, where is Quinn Snyder in the pecking order of personnel roster decision-making when all is said and done? If I can get the answer to those two questions, then I'll have a better understanding about where this Hawks franchise is headed. Where is it going to end up? What is their mindset? Do they think they're a contender? Do they think they're a pretender? If I can get those two questions answered from Tony Wrestler. I'll feel like that the Hawks are either more on solid footing or, ugh, okay, maybe more on quicksand when all of a sudden dumb. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard your first listener every day. Make sure when you listen in that you go into our comment section of whatever platform that you're on and leave us a comment that you are an everyday listener. So if you're watching on YouTube, listening on one of our platforms, go in, leave us a comment, and let us know that you are an everydayer, as we like to say. An everyday listener to the program. So, we thank you people greatly for being a part of our ever growing community. So, we thank you so much for always listening in and being that everyday listener to our shows. So, the Braves won last night and beat the Marlins handily, six to nothing. No real surprise there. Bryce Elder was fantastic. Seven innings, three hits, no runs, six strikeouts. But the remarkable thing about this brave season isn't just that they're winning because of guys that are hurt, right? You know, even Matt Olson, who had a good game last night, one for three, two runs, scored, couple of walks. He'd been struggling over the last 13 games. Coming into last night, his last 13 games, he was eating a buck 52. <coughs> now, considering that they've only played... 29 games before last night, you know, that's a pretty good sample size of what the season is. But here's the remarkable thing about the Atlanta Braves. They truly are the road warriors, okay? Now, they're not Hawking Animal, okay? They, they, they don't have Paul Ellering walking them out. They're, they're, not coming, they're not coming out of the dugout to the Iron Man theme, right? I mean, they're, they're not doing anything like that. You know, they're not coming out with the spike shoulder pads and they're coming with the face paint and all this good stuff. But they are truly the road warriors of Major League Baseball. They currently now sit at 13 and three on the road. And, and you figure that, you know, look, the Braves have always been a good organization, right? And, and the Braves are a really good roster this year. But the fact that, you factor in the injuries and different things that have happened to this club, the fact that they're 13 and three on the road, that's going to pay huge dividends when we get into the actual meat of the season, into the actual summertime. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't look at baseball standings until Memorial day and blah, 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 blah. Okay. All right. Well, whatever you want to do, Sparky, you know, you can do whatever you want on it. But these are games that if you take care of your business now, and look, I don't care what the schedule is said, whether it's the Marlins, you know, or the Mets, or you know, the Cincinnati Reds, or whatever, you know, well, that's the teams you've gone on the road and beaten. Look, 13 and three is 13 and three. You know, Pete Rose had a saying that he always said that. Look, I don't care if you're playing in the chicken crap league. Hitting 300 is hitting 300, okay? Well, 13 and three on the road in Major League Baseball is 13 and three on the road, and you know the the ha the uh, foul. I should say, the, can't even talk about the teams. The Braves a, a couple of few years ago. What was it, 2021? You know they had that 13 game road winning streak and all this that, and the other. But I think that club only finished 47 and 34 on the road i think they were only a a total of 13 games above 500 on the road so the fact that through 16 road games this team is already 10 games above 500 when you can handle your business on the road it, it just makes makes your life a whole lot easier you know we talk about ways to make your life easier and and you know kind of I don't want to say cruise through the season because it is a <clears throat> it is a slog and a grind of a season but if you're that good on the road and you feel like you can go into any building and take two out of three from somebody uh, that's just a that that's just that tells you as to not just their talent but their mindset as well that gives you a sneaky peek about how serious they take this and how much that they are invested into being a really good road team. Because again, I don't care who you play on the road. If you're a major league baseball franchise and you start off 13 and three on the road, that's a remarkable feat. And when you factor in what all of the injuries that the Braves have suffered over the course of this season, it makes it even more remarkable. So hats off to the Braves you know, as they've kind of floundered a little bit at home, right? I think the only, I think they're like 500 at home. I think it's like seven and seven at home or what have you, you know, that they they haven't cranked it up yet at Truist Park and maybe the weather hasn't been perfect and what, I don't know what the reasons are. But the fact that this team is the road warriors and they're 13 and three on the road speaks to how good this franchise has been speaks to how good that You know, they've been able to overcome injuries, and it speaks to having a mentality that, you know, we joke about the Atlanta Hawks that they don't care about the regular season. Well, certainly the Braves can make their life a lot easier over 162 games if they can pile on a whole bunch of road wins and then, you know, eventually catch up with that home record, they can certainly make their life a lot easier. So hats off to the Braves, but that 13-3 and <clears throat> that 13 and three stretch for the Braves this far on the road is a remarkable feat when you factor everything into it. All right, but thank you so much for making hitting hard with John Chuck where your first listen. Make sure when you listen into the show that you go into our comment section of whatever platform you're on and leave us a comment that you are an everyday listener. So we thank everybody for being an everydayer as we like to call them, and we appreciate everybody helping to grow our community and be a part of what we are doing as we're heading into year number two now with the podcast network and then subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you listen to your podcast you can get the latest episodes of hitting hard as soon as they become available and then give me a follow on my personal twitter page at jmch316 back with you tomorrow this has been hitting hard with john chuckery locked on sports atlanta